0: And we are live and we are trying to get our camera to stay in one place and it won't why why not why not why won't it stay there no it won't will it? bizarre okay I've got one of those um, gooseneck things and it just doesn't want to stay put anyway let's see if that works that seems to work okay Today's topic, um, healing from narcissistic abuse and the first thing to remember when trying to navigate or heal from or recover from narcissistic abuse is to actually understand what that phrase means Um, because there's a lot of confusion out there and and a lot of people who don't don't really know what you're talking about and, and that's actually part of the problem. Um, so, I've got this thing I'd like to read out for you that I actually found on um, a narcissistic abuse uh, f- group on Facebook for you know, people who are trying to do this, navigating it. What does it mean? Um, it's by somebody, well, it's accredited to somebody called Maria Consiglio, and it says, a going through narcissistic abuse is a really lonely experience. And that is so true because you, you can be in a room full of people and, and you just feel so alone. You, your emotions are shut down and you're, you're confused and, and you feel as though you're know you you're sort of seeing people, but they're, it, the connection is not there. You feel really isolated from the people around you. It is not like other relationships. It seriously is not like any other relationship that you've ever had. Um, And there are so many different dynamics. And that is the complicated thing. Narcissistic abuse is subtle. It's overt. It's covert. It's obvious. It's everything. It's just, it comes at you 24-7, all day. Um, And it's scary, it's scary. You are dealing with lies, possible infidelities, verbal, psychological or other kinds of abuses or trauma, um, a loss of self-esteem, deception and so much more. And that literally is not even touching the uh, the, the tip of the iceberg. Hello Fleur, thank you for checking in to your topic after all. Um, and even as I write this, I know the only people who will really understand what I'm talking about are the people that have gone through it. And that's true. Because even me standing here today, if you haven't experienced it, you, you don't know. You can sort of put your arm around someone and say, oh, that sounds really terrible. But you don't know. You have no idea. Sorry, but you don't. This is not just a bad relationship experience. It's the murder of a person's spirit. And I would have to agree with that. It's the dismantling and destruction of a life, one piece at a time. And that's what it is. It starts out just little bits, chipping away at somebody's self-confidence, slight little criticisms where the person thinks, hmm, what did they just say? Did they actually mean it? But that person has moved on. And so you're like, "Oh." Or maybe I just imagined it, but and then it happens again and again and again and again and again and, and until it's like until that person is afraid to open their mouth. Absolutely afraid to open their mouth. So they shut up. And what happens there? They're, they're just pinching off, they're reducing themselves. They're becoming smaller within their persona. They're just becoming a shadow of themselves, a ghost of themselves. And as you are trying desperately to hold it together, which you are trying desperately, um, people who don't understand, rather than helping, are looking at you like you're going crazy. Because on one level, you actually are going crazy. And in a weird way, it feels like you are. The relationship is slowly breaking you apart. It's a difficult and horrible experience to go through. I would not wish it on anyone and I agree with that. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Having experienced it more than once, (laughs) I wouldn't wish it on anyone. So the first thing about healing or recovering from it, surviving, thriving after it, is to completely understand what it actually is. For instance, did you know that narcissistic abuse has its own lexicon? It completely has its own set of words to describe what is going on we have the narc, we have the scapegoat or the supply. So the scapegoat is, um, I'm I'm not going to go into every definition, but I'll just give you a a roundup of some of the most obvious ones. A scapegoat tends to be the, for want of a better word, victim, but I don't like that word, tends to be the one on whom the, the narc places all its emphasis and focus they are the one that, that gets picked on they're the one that you know and if it's in a family dynamic say say the narc is a parent um and there's more than one child you get a situation where you get the scapegoat so that's the child that's always blamed for everything that's the child whose self-esteem gets crushed it's the child that never gets the validation never gets the approval never gets the the treats and the comment the you know the, the confidence-building comments, you know, the, the sort of, oh, well done, it's always is that the best you can do. Um, and then there's usually another child who is the golden child who can do no wrong. And that golden child is usually, not always, but usually often allowed to join in with the narc in basically picking on the scapegoat. If it's a kind of partnership relationship, um, or it, and that can even be somebody at work. You know, you can have a, a colleague, not necessarily a boss, but it can be a boss. Somebody at work can be the narc. And they, um, yeah, you're right, Fleur, it is so cruel. It is it's just so cruel. Um, so in that situation, the, the person on the receiving end is called the supply and it is like a drug to the narc they have to have their supply and you know, so if they're kind of out fishing for for a, a you know a supply morning samantha um then they will look for people that, that they can get away with it with you know they look for people who are you know nice or not aware morning vini and that becomes their supply okay there are uh, techniques and tactics that the narc uses and though they, they can be things like hoovering and uh, gaslighting um, gaslighting does come from that movie um old black and white movie i think it was i have actually seen it a long 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 time ago when i was a child um where the husband slowly 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 drives the wife mad by convincing her that things that she said and arrangements that were made never happened. Completely denies the conversations that ever took place. And uh, this was around the time where houses were lit by gaslights and he used to go around turning them on, turning them off, and she'd be like, I'm sure that was on. He's like, no, 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 no. So that tactic gets to the point where the person on the receiving end Self questions and self doubts and second guesses absolutely every action that they take. So imagine going through your day, and you just even something as simple as going to the shops. The stuff that goes on in your head is things like, "Do I go to the shops now, or in half an hour? Do Do I go now in ten minutes, and do I go tomorrow?" You literally cannot function um in in a a logical normal way you second guess everything you do because you've gone to the shop in a previous instance and you've come back and the narc has criticized the fact that you went to the shop it can be that subtle it's like well what did you go to the shop for we didn't need anything well we needed milk no we didn't really meet we've got half a pint well, I thought we'd run out before our, our next had an opportunity to go. Well, you were wrong. And, and, you know, it's like this constant criticism of every action that they do. Um, and it's very wearing and it's exhausting. And one of the worst things that this um, dynamic does is creates a permanent sense of that um, fight or flight mode in the recipient. Um, because you know, quite often they are in fear and that fear becomes so permeated and so permanent in their cells that they never let it go. They are unable to relax and let that fight or flight mode go. So you know what happens when you're in fight or flight mode. It takes all of your, your blood supply to your limbs so that you can run away from the saber tooth tiger. So, that blood supply has gone away from your immune system, your um, vital organs, you know, your, your liver and, and stuff can wait a while until the saber tooth type is gone. But if you never get out of that situation, if you're constantly 24 7 in that situation, can you just imagine what that does to your, your physiological makeup? You start to get little niggly pains and aches and then that turns into something a little bit more and then that turns into something chronic and then that turns into something else so there are very 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 well recorded and well documented instances where people who say have been raised by narcissistic parents one or, or the other <laughs> you can have both um i'm sure that's got its own word it's probably called a double 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 whammy um you know you can grow up with um what starts out as childhood illnesses that never really get resolved, that turn into all sorts of of conditions as you get older, that have their roots in the fact that your immune systems and your organs didn't get the right blood supply for frankly most of your life up to that point. So, you know, it's not just a, a relationship thing between two people. It has a very, very deep effect on the the recipient, not only psychologically, but physically. So imagine if you're the kind of person who's got these physical problems going on, coupled with your psychological things that are going on in in your head. you, You can't string a thought together if you're on the receiving end of this abuse. You can't. So how do you go about making decisions about your life, you know, what, what career shall I have, what, um, where shall I live, how, you know, you, you, you can't function properly, you are unable to make logical decisions and even if you do make a good decision, you're constantly second guessing it and I sound as though I'm repeating it but hopefully that gives you some idea of the relentless, repetitive, relentless, repetitive abuse. That comes your way and just because you haven't got bruises to show for it or you're not always in A&E doesn't mean it's not happening and often narcissistic abuse does come with physical abuse um, if, if not from the actual narc themselves then you, you can get a family dynamic where if there's a narc parent and a golden child and a scapegoat the, the golden child can have carte blanche to physically abuse the scapegoat, especially if this scapegoat is smaller, more vulnerable, younger, you know, and, and all of that sort of thing. So they grow up with this really skewed idea of what love is because families are supposed to love each other and your parents, you know, love you. But that's not always the case. And yet it's drummed in from society, books, magazines, you had the perfect life, husband, wife, 2.2 kids and the dog. And so you sort of are fed that by society. So you think, oh, well, I belong in this and this is what love is. So when you grow up and you go out into the bigger world and you start choosing life partners, you, you consciously or subconsciously look out and search for the same kind of love. You receive love in the same kind of way. So you can end up in a an, an narcissistic um, partnership, life partnership, um, you can marry these people, you can have children with these people. You know, it, it has levels and shades that permeate every level of society narcissism is not a working class thing. It's not an upper class thing. It's not exclusive to royalty or uh, barons and dukes or or gypsies or, you know, everybody. This this is across every level of society, um, every, every, every walk of life, professionals and, yeah, oh, there just is no category into which it fits. It is available for anybody and everybody. And so I think it's important for society to start acknowledging it and to, to start stepping up and saying, actually, no, we're, we're not available for that. Actually, we're not going to stand for that anymore. We're going to look out for it and we're going to call these people um, out on their behaviour. Um, it doesn't always work, but it, it's, it's not for the sake of the market, it's for the sake of of the person on the receiving end to offer them a helping hand to to show them that that what is happening to them is not right because there is no other word for it it's not right it's wrong but they don't get any help they don't get any acknowledgement they don't get any validation so they don't know that it's wrong a lot of the time especially if, if that's the way they've been raised they don't know any other way and it, it can seem to them as though even if deep deep down inside them it, it it feels wrong to them they have no um connection to something that will prove that for them that will give them that validation you know it, it, it it's just not there there isn't anybody reaching out and saying it's okay you're right. This isn't good, is it? Let's do something about it. Let's change this. And so it can be a real struggle for them to to literally claw and climb their way out of that 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 drama, that sheer <gasps> hell of, of that is life, you know. And so one of the things to well, the first thing towards healing is to acknowledge what it is is this narcissistic behavior and you can only do that by doing the research. research 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 about it and there is a lot of stuff out there a lot of stuff on facebook a lot of stuff on youtube really really good information by people who really know their stuff not just anecdotal stuff but you know from professionals and so, really, get to know the situation understand if if this is you, and if I'm talking to you and this is resonating with you i I am reaching out morning Maureen um if I'm reaching out to you across this this ether that is the internet and Facebook, if I'm reaching out to you and this resonates with you and you feel that this is your situation, read up, watch the videos join the groups on Facebook that Will help you it's a place where you can dump your problems and that's a big big thing. You're not moaning you you, you're Allowing some of this to be released and that is what is so important. You have to have a way to 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 get some of it out because you're not getting it out in the relationship. You're being shut down all the time I get it. I trust me. I get it so Get as much information as you can. Really, really understand your situation. There are tactics on there, um, but I think the second thing to, or the, the third thing, find it, research. The third thing is to, this, sorry if I'm saying anything controversial, but this, this is how it is with this situation. You need to accept or, or get into the concept or get a, you, that they can't be fixed. Because one of the traits of being an arc is that they never ever 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 do anything wrong it's just not in their vocabulary it doesn't matter how much evidence you give to them it doesn't matter what you present in front of them it doesn't matter you know how many transcripts of conversations it does not go in they absolutely do not accept their responsibility in any any kind of situation where they might perceive to be even a teensy-lensy little bit wrong. It just doesn't work. So, hi, Faye. Lovely to see you. So, let go of, of the idea that if you give them enough love, that that love will be enough to change them. Uh, wrong. Get rid of it. It's not happening. And if that's the, the one thing you take away from today, please take that. You cannot love them into loving you back. Just isn't going to happen. So do yourself a favour. Have a look at some of the tactics to just keep your sanity because that's all you're doing. Obviously, my recommendation is to get out of the situation, but I appreciate that for everybody that's not possible and that's for a myriad of reasons. You might be a child. Like I said, That there's, uh, you know, I will admit that was my own experience what are you gonna do (laughs) where are you gonna go you have to learn to navigate it and that's the best thing you can do Um, sometimes you're in a situation where for financial reasons there is you, you have to stay put just in order to have a roof over your head and food in your stomach not much more than that but that is life's basics let's face it and, and so, for your situation, it's important that you, you navigate it in the way that's best for you. Sometimes you navigate it and stay where you are until until you can get, become stronger psychologically, physically, or whatever. Or, um, <laughs> lovely to hear and see you too, Faye. Absolutely so glad you're here. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive subject. And it's a, it, it takes work to overcome and to heal and recover. And it's not necessarily something that you can do on your own. In fact, I don't recommend that you do it on your own because of the, the depth of the, the, the psychological trauma that you've been through. And and often the physical as well. But the psychological trauma means that you are in a position where you haven't got that psychological strength to stand up for yourself. You're not empowered by your situation at all. So help is what you need. At least in the beginning. Just, you know, and and professional help. You know, uh, therapists, yeah, great. Obviously, I'm an energy alignment method um, mentor. And I do work with this stuff. I work with this stuff with people and and we have a slightly different approach. Go to my website, have a look, you'll see more about energy alignment. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm saying get help, get help. Build a network of people who you trust, that aren't going to... facilitate the narc in, in perpetuating whatever they do. Even if you, if you've managed to leave people who aren't going to stay in contact with the narc, people who are basically on your team, build your team. That's what I'm saying. Build your team. They don't necessarily have to completely understand what you've been through or going through, but they do have to be on your side. They do, you have to know that you can trust them no matter what. And they will be there for you, even if they don't understand. But just that they will stand up, put their hand up and say, I will be, I don't understand what's going on, but I will be there for you because I'm your friend and I know you need me. So that's another thing that you need to do. And get the help that you need, professional help. I really, really recommend professional help because it's such a deep psychological thing it's not just a bad relationship it's not just an argument that you've had with your your other half or somebody in your family your your, your mom or your brother or whatever it's not it's not it's an incredibly pervasive soul-destroying brain fogging brain fucking because <laughs> it doesn't fucks with your head pardon me do apologize um, no I don't, because it really does fuck with your head. Um and you need guidance. You need to be handheld while you recover. And and you need to, to get that validation and that love from another source so that it if you like it kind of as you're getting rid of the narcissistic effects, then you can up the love that you get from other sources. And that's what you need. It all boils down to love. You haven't had love in the right way from wherever and whoever and and to be honest as well the thing about narcs is they don't even love themselves and hi susie um so then you know the the narcs that's the thing about them and and it's a really really hard place if you're on the receiving end to to feel any kind of compassion for these people because they're so bloody mean but if you can um (laughs) It's lovely to have you here, Susie, and the, there's always a replay. So, they, they don't like themselves. They really don't like themselves, and that's why they've got to transfer that onto somebody else. And they're in a lot of pain. I know it doesn't excuse what they do, but one of the biggest things that helped me was to understand that they are in so much pain. And then the next big thing for me to understand was that I was not responsible for any of that pain. And I was also not responsible for any of the pain that was being inflicted on me in in return. So that's a, another huge thing if you're on the receiving end to get over. You didn't cause their problem. It's not your job to fix it. They're not your project, whoever they are. The only project is you. That's, that's your life mission. Your life mission is to love and take care of you. And if if you can find a path to doing that, if you've been on the receiving end of narcissism, that is your road to recovery. Self-love, self-care, but get help along the way while you do it. Professional help and help from your friends. It is so important because you need that love. That is what you need. So that just about rounds up my um, overview Of healing from narcissistic abuse is in by no means um, everything in in, uh, a nutshell. There is so much more out there to be grasped by anybody who feels this is their situation. As I said, please reach out to me. I actually do have an awful lot of information and can provide that professional help if you feel that that's what you need. Meanwhile, I will say goodbye and I love you all, and I will see you again at 12 o'clock tomorrow. Take care. Bye.